0: Timing for topping up your tan, Phil. This is the Totally Football League Sack Show. We'll talk about the impending holiday destinations for Messrs Brown, Ardley, Askey in a moment. If you want to get sacked, get to the back of the queue is the message from this week's show. The team, though, is brought to you by the magic of the FA Cup. They're all guisely lines to me, shocking us week in, week out. First up, he's our very own Herbie Kane. Scoring brilliant goals like Doncaster's finest, Adrian Clark.
1: <laughs> I wish. I, I've been sacked a few times, so yeah. I know the feeling.
0: Really? Well, well as a player. Oh, it's not, not as a manager yet, clearly, clearly. Or off the show, unless there's anything. <laughs> nah. It's all right. Uh, speaking of Kane, our own Matty Challoner, who left everything in on Kane in that one. Have you seen it on social media? What a tackle. Ow. Sam Parkin would do that every day of the week, wouldn't you?
2: Good morning, everyone.
0: Oh. <laughs> And defying the odds, the pod's stockport from William Hill, Joe Crilly. Hello. Biggest shock then of the FA Cup weekend from all of you, Sam Parkin. Was it your 20-yard dash from home to watch Hampton and Richmond?
2: No. Uh, It was disappointing last night, wasn't it? They did really well, just ran out of steam, Hampton. But I think Oldham fully deserved it. The uh, Hampton goal led a charmed life. For lost
0: in the 95th minute. Nine,
2: yeah, because of the injury to Josie Baxter. Looks like a bad one as well. But yeah, they did really well. Uh, just unfortunate they couldn't see it through. But I think sometimes the fitness and the the added training that the professional players do just uh, comes up trumps in the end. Uh, I wanted to pick out Oxford City's 3-3 at Tramere. And they've got a bit of previous. They beat Colchester last year and lost last minute to Notts County not doing particularly well in the league but scoring plenty of goals 17 i think in the last four games in the cup yeah so that's the televised replay next week and i just wanted to name check the hat trick scorer probably the player of the round the performance of the round kabongo tish oh, i've made a mess of it <laughs> kabongo uh, it was an all-round very good performance the focal point of their team and uh, if they're going to win next week against Tranmere, he'll probably be the the main reason for that.
0: I've got everything crossed for that. I mean, I have a lot of love for what the Palioses are doing at Tranmere, but uh, my team, Chelmsford City, have just drawn Oxford City in the trophy. So Mm. the longer they stay in the Cup, the better where I'm concerned. Adrian Clark, any FA Cup shockers? Well, we've
1: got to give credit to Geisley, haven't we, for their their 4-3 victory against Cambridge. It got a little bit squeaky for them, didn't it? 4-0 up, they could have... Could have been an excuse for sort of thinking they, they'd done the job. But Cambridge came back at them. It was a really good result because Cambridge had a had a shocking start to the season. But they've actually found a bit of form. So it's not as if they were playing a team completely devoid of confidence. A couple of great long-range scorches, which is what you want to see. One of them was a was a fluke. The other one that stands out doesn't involve a non-league team. I, I think Grimsby deserve a bit of credit. I mean, MK Dons have been waxing lyrical about them, haven't, haven't we, in recent weeks. Informed team, they rock up their... Uh, at Blundell Park and and get smashed three one and, and the quality of the goals again from Grimsby was outstanding. Uh, Elliot Imbleton his one in the top corner was brilliant and it was their first FA Cup win in five years. You get these teams, don't you? They just can't buy a win in the cups and uh, yeah, they're finally up and running. So so what well on Grimsby?
0: We'll see the effect of the FA Cup on AFC Wimbledon when we hear from interim manager Simon Batty a little bit later in the show after Neil Ardley uh, by mutual consent left the job at uh, Wimbledon. But out of both of those, Cambridge United Oldham and Stockport winning a- against Yeovil 3-1. How much of that do you place down to perhaps errors, the form, difficulties at any of those football league clubs? Uh,
2: yeah, you can, but I mean, obviously these clubs that don't ordinarily play against the league teams, they they raise their game 20-30% and it's yeah. a, it's a one-off we saw it last night for for Hampton and Richmond. They can they can do it for sixty, seventy minutes and when they get deeper and deeper, the fitness normally tells, but I think when you're on top in that early period and you're putting them under pressure and it's a uh, the the variables are different for the league clubs. You need to make Uh, your ascendancy count at that point so if you get a couple of goals ahead as Stockport were able to do at Yeovil you can see it over the line so um, and and Guiseley as well uh, that agent just spoke about because even though they were four goals to the good they creeped over the line somewhat
0: Uh, Joe we've all spoken on your behalf and taken up all the time on the FA Cup is there anything else you want to mention?
3: Chorley 2-2 against Doncaster and Maidstone beating Macclesfield 2-2 struggling at the bottom of their respective divisions Yeah. so good win and a good draw for for those two teams
4: uh, very succinctly put thank you Joe Grilly from William Hill you're listening to the totally football league show in association with William Hill for all the latest odds in the footballing world check out williamhill.com or download the app and if you don't spot something you fancy why not tweet at William Hill using the hashtag your odds for your very own personalized bet 18 plus only be gamble and when the fun stops stop
0: On to the championship we roll then. Top of the perch, high on the tree, bird on the wing, singing like a canary. I saw all of those headlines this weekend for Norwich. Top of the championship, four three winners over Mill and having to score twice in injury time. To get that win too. Adrian, it's it's one of those. Uh, we, we're going to roll through quite a few of the results from the championship at the weekend because it's another of those weekends when you just go, what is this league? I love it.
1: <laughs> it was brilliant, wasn't it? The managers wouldn't have enjoyed it at all, but but an absolutely epic game. Millwall, I mean, Neil Harris was scathing, wasn't he, afterwards of, of his team's game management. But look, let's credit Norwich. We talked about them last week in, in your absence about, we were asking the question, have they got that stickability? I think they've definitely got the squad. They've got big players on the bench now. Mm. Rhodes came on, scored. Vranjic came on, set up a goal. Campwell, who we've been talking about, didn't even get a game. So Norwich are flying and it's it's brilliant to see, really. And, and the football is excellent. The free-flowing goals we saw. And, um, and Pukki, obviously, he's... Um, He's the guy in form, isn't he? I, I had to write a piece to know a few weeks ago on the, the best 10 players in the Championship. It wasn't even in my thoughts then. And it's just, what is it, three weeks since then at uh, the most? And he'd be nailed on. He'd be, t- he'd be top five right now. He's, he's had such an impact. And I noticed that he, of all the new signings that Norwich have ever made in... I think the, since the Premier League came into fruition, since so 1990, say, he's got the second best record in his first season. The only person to beat him after 15 games or 16 games is Grant Holt, who scored one more. Um, but that was in League One. So, so this is a guy that is um, on fire and he's not the only one. I thought it was a crazy game, of course.
2: 79 minutes, it was uh, 2-1 when Lightner put them ahead. And credit Millwall, got credit the, the away side for getting themselves into a winning position.
0: Can you hold that thought just for a moment? Because, Joe, maybe we can do this in a style around it. Because at the start of the game, what were the odds?
2: Norwich were 4-5. To, to Okay,
0: one. so when it's 2-1, what are the odds?
2: 1-6. to six.
0: And then, Sam, what happens?
2: Well, I was just going to say the impact of, of Morrison who's going to be so important now Bradshaw out for the season having injured his knee and he's not started particularly well Bradshaw so that's really difficult for him but Morrison, Guile and Braun to get them in front and now I think credit obviously Mill were there but but Norwich for sticking to their principles and I think he went to three-five-two and still passing and passing And it was uh, Michael Brown, wasn't it, doing the highlights? And he thought it was a little um, sophisticated dink from Pookie to win it. Hutchinson slid in desperately, the Millwall defender. And it's a fortuitous ricochet off Pookie's shins that lifts it and dribbles over the line. So they got a stroke of luck. But credit Millwall and and Norwich for sticking to their passing style. A lot of clubs pulled the trigger on managers last year uh christiansen at leeds would spring to mind not to suggest that they would have gone on to great success but well done for sticking with him oh
0: we all talked about it when he yeah. was going we all sat in this room and, and spoke about whether Falk was on his mm. his way yeah out. did the, the odds then change again
3: yes very much so at uh two all at norwich was seven to two at two three uh they were 25 to one to win the game <laughs> at three all it was one to ten for a draw um <sighs> And then obviously, well, Norwich was six to one. And then obviously, four three. Uh, they then went into one to thirty-three to win the game.
0: Did you see anyone who was brave enough to put on at favourable odds during that that period?
3: I mean, you always see a, a couple of people, but uh, I, th- I think it's more by luck than judgment. I, I imagine the people who were at the game uh, actually watching it were probably more focused on the entertainment <laughs> on should, the pitch than what was going were. on in their phone. I should
0: hope they were. If there's a photo of anyone looking at their camera at the camera, <laughs> well, they <laughs> could renew that. Cheese. Uh, if there's a photo of anyone looking at their phone at any stage during those closing minutes, then who are you? get out of football mm. unless clearly it was a very important phone call you had to take they're off uh, they're off to Tampa Bay now yeah they've got nice
1: little rewards a bit, bit of warm weather training let's hope it doesn't turn them soft
0: well really. I pff- don't think it will no th- we've seen those things work or not or fail spectacularly but whether it will work or not the the other one for the the weekend was Derby nil, Aston Villa 3 mainly because it was all teed up for Lampard against Terry wasn't it But the Dean Smith style is all I saw talked about after the weekend, just what he's given to Villa, how he's got people bums off seats, I think was the expression that was used.
2: You just couldn't imagine a Steve Bruce Villa going and and doing that to Derby. So testament to what he's done in a a short space of time. I'd I'd say that's probably the most significant result for Villa, certainly this season. I remember they smashed Wolves, didn't they, last year? in the winter time, but yeah that's an incredible result still rode their luck a little bit because there was a couple of straight balls which seemed to be causing problems for the center half, and maybe that's you know the bigger picture that could still be there Achilles' heel but getting identify, he had to be bold identifying the players that had to go into their right positions and he's done that and he's been brave in putting Codger in the same team as Abraham albeit Codger's wide and uh, they're reaping the benefits attacking fluid Dean Smith did it at Brentford with less resources did it at Walsall now he's got The assets, certainly high up on the pitch. Mm, Only four points away from playoffs, I think. I kind of wrote them off a few weeks ago and said I thought there was better units, there was better squads. Yeah, might have to eat some humble pie.
0: Well, see, that's interesting for me because clearly we record this on a Tuesday morning. Anyone that's gone through or wanted to go through the match reports has seen them. Anyone that's the game has seen them. So kind of, how do you move things on? Mm. If this is another key weekend because of what we're going into, international break, maybe some off to Tampa Bay, Mm. out of the weekend then, who's come out of it and you've changed your mind on what they might do? We can see if that reflects in the odds or two. But but for Villa, for me, going to Derby and and getting that result was key. For Norwich... Mm. That ability to turn things around and showing that grit and goal was key. And then if you throw into that West Brom 4 Leeds 1, if you saw the tweet from uh, Football Alex says, Ladies and gentlemen, the championship. And then he put uh, the 11th of August, Derby 1 Leeds 4. The 24th of October, West Brom 1, Derby 4. And the 8th of November, West Brom 4 Leeds won. So those three results tell you the championship goes bang, 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 bang. Who knows where? Yeah. But the results from the weekend, do, you, do they give you more of a measure of where we are? Oh, I, no, I don't, think oh. we, I don't think we've got a great measure.
1: <laughs> I, look, we're never going to get a measure on it, are we? It's, it's going to just be, you know, how the cards end uh, at the end of the season. You know, 46 games or whatever it is. So, so no, it's going to be tough. It's, it's tough to read every single match. I mean, this one. I mean, West Brom of have been a possession team this season. And this match had 28% yeah. against Leeds. So, so it was a completely different set. Had a new system. Again, this one was a... I, I like this one. It's a, it's a 4 two, 2 2 So it's like a box-like midfield.
0: Can um, you say it quietly? Defensively, they looked all right. They
1: did look all right. Yeah, better. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the reasons behind that. Obviously, they've been with the back three. Dropped one of those. Uh, one of those has come out the Organization was going. I think James Morrison's return is really interesting. He obviously had that long term injury, he's been sort of edging his way back to fitness. But I think he he's a guy that can do a bit of everything inside the midfield. I've, I, my, my one criticism is that uh, of the baggies going forward, and it's not easy to find criticisms because they score loads of goals, they've got a lot of power, a lot of pace. They're a bit stodgy in the midfield, they've got a lot of grafters, a lot of workers, but not much now. I think that Morrison gives them that so. Mm. He might be a really important player for them moving forward, but yeah, it's uh, look, if they can get their defence right, the baggies they, they got they got a sniff, but but I don't know. I'm still I'm still not completely sold on their on their prospects. They've definitely got the firepower as Robson Carnu, who's barely had a game this year, comes in and uh, wait, well, Rip leads apart, does not he? I,
0: I I mean I don't. I'm looking at the strike here, but I, I don't know who how Robson Carnu is sometimes, oh. and and yeah. I think I mean, he looks like the sort of player you put an arm round mm. and he'll give you everything. Um, but just at what stage will, will you get that but you're right the weekend maybe
2: high oh, stock wasn't he after yeah. the, the, the Euros with, with Wales and uh, yeah he was excellent at the weekend great news for, for Darren Moore to Absolutely. have someone else to, to pick up there and I wanted to talk about uh, Gail's goal the flick yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it I think Rodriguez's shot that was charged down and yeah really great improvisation but I, I, I liked it the way it went in it almost bounced over the line didn't it but no it was uh, it a great little bit of cheek uh, and yeah excellent but leads a little bit of a concern Pontus Janssen injured they're really light at the back Aliens has been missing Barami's out as well so they'll hope that he'll recover during the international break and uh Yeah, I mean, a great performance from West Brom and and, and very similar to to Villa. Getting, I think, the players in more natural positions, getting Gibbs in at left back, get Phillips wide on one side, two strikers, back four. Sounds like the supporters have been crying out for it and and Darren Moore's adjusted.
0: So it leaves the Championship looking like this with Norwich top, Middlesbrough up to second, just two points behind them. Leeds dropping to third. Sheffield United after that, that 0-0 Sheffield derby down to fourth. West Brom up to fifth. Derby down to sixth. Nottingham Forest to seven. So that's kind of the top. Swansea then in and around there after their 1-0 win at Bolton. I refer to our Bolton jury, Joe Crilly. There was um, a line afterwards, Phil Parkinson, this is from Mark Isles, chief football writer at the, the Bolton News, saying Phil Parkinson was in the press room afterwards. He says people will have their own views on tactics, selection, style of play, but the graft that he and his staff put into keeping... Bolton upright is incredible. A big call for Ken Anderson now. He's talking just about the demeanour of, of Parkinson and, and just how down he looked really yeah. after it. Is it a big call for Ken Anderson now?
3: I think it is. I think you've got to weigh up the how much it would cost if Bolton were to get rid of, of Phil Parkinson. But I think even the most ardent fans of the the manager are struggling to find any positives out of this recent run. And I think after... The Swansea game, Parkinson said, we're creating chances, we just need something to go in off someone's backside. Well, usually you say that about one player, not an entire team. A striker out of form rather than a team out of form. Bolton have scored one goal in six games now. And that's where the issue is. Defensively, they look okay. But in terms of the manager, I think they'll go into the international break. I think Parkinson will stay. Uh, he will get time to work with the players. He deserves time for the way in which he has conducted himself over the last couple of seasons. And hopefully he can find a solution to the uh, to the problems that Bolton have been seeing only very recently because they started the season very well.
0: When you look, though, at the teams around them, with Hull, that 3-3 at, at Birmingham, which I know you very much enjoyed, mm. Adrian, with teams around them maybe starting to pick up form or perhaps should pick up, some form too there's, there's worries there concerns for, for all those teams down the bottom uh,
1: definitely yeah you need you need to be able to score goals and, and it puts too much pressure on you defensively obviously they, they're pretty well organised we know that Bolton under Parkinson and, and look let's be honest the goal was an absolute worldie wasn't it I mean from, from Barry Mackay so you can't really criticise it you, you, you might have looked at that but for that moment of magic it's an, it's a nil nil draw and it's it's baby steps, isn't it? So that's the that's the fine margins. I think if I was the Bolton chairman, I would be holding fire. It's not as if that team are are down in tools for the gaffer. Yeah. No, it's uh, but but yeah, but look, Birmingham are scoring goals, aren't they? I, I mean, I don't see them as being a a bottom half team now. I do see Hull as one. They'll be pleased, no doubt, won't they? With uh, with scoring three at St Andrews, but yeah, no, I was I was looking at, at Birmingham. And they're just so reliant, aren't they, on the on the two players that they've scored twenty three goals. It took thirty five games for them to score that many last year, which is just bonkers, really. So, so well done to Che Adams and Jukovic for 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 carrying the burden of that Seventeen of the twenty three from those two. So that tells you. If something happens to one or both of those guys, yeah. maybe Birmingham might start tumbling down a bit. I don't think it, I don't think it will happen, but but you never know. So uh, so yeah, Birmingham. I think I think they're looking good. It's just, for, for them. It's all about can kind they of hang on to their players because I suspect that a few of their guys might be cherry picked in January. Mm. They have to sort of hold firm because we don't know yet, do we? Whether Birmingham will be allowed to buy anyone. So will Jota be, be sort of picked off or Jukovic or maybe a Harley Dean? I like the right back, Colleen. Uh, he's a really good player. So, so yeah. But no, Birmingham, it's all about the front two at the minute.
0: Birmingham 3-3 three, three with, with Hull then. So that's kind of... The top, the bottom and a little bit of the middle. Anywhere else you want You want to go, Mr. Parkin?
2: No, no. Um, very well done. You two. Um, <laughs> Barry, Barry Mackay needs to be more consistent. He's, his agent is a mate of mine. So I remember way back when being in Scotland, just after he signed him and this little shy, shy lad, 16, 17, uh, at Rangers. And obviously my friend trying to sign him. So, yeah, just down from my flat and got so much talent and he went to Forest obviously got a great move and just doesn't do it consistently enough. That's his first goal for Swansea. But yeah, Graham Potter you can see what he's trying to do and already it's mirroring what he did for Ostersons and Matt Grimes, a player I've spoken a lot about on this Mm. show, not fulfilling that early potential signed a new contract, given an opportunity Jay Fulton as well and I don't think they were particularly good at Bolton. It was a bit of a fortuitous win, but it's clear what he's trying to implement there, going with a lot of younger players. Don't know the depth of the West Brom and the other teams that came down, but doing a fine job.
0: That on just on briefly on on Barry McKay, what is it that he will get then from Potter? What what will Potter be be doing?
2: Well, he's a coach, isn't he? And I, I think there's no doubt that Barry Mackay on the training ground, one on one. Situations, it'll be thrilling, Must you know. Great skill, great ability, free kicks, long range shooting. But it's being part of a team and being able to do the ugly side and all mm. that, and being do, able to do what I've just spoken about consistently because he needs to hit the target, you know, on a regular basis, needs to beat his man rather than give it away. There's a player in there, just needs to do
1: it regularly. I'm oh, glad you brought up the training because, um, one of the players that's really caught my eye in recent weeks is, is, the, is the winger, Daniel James, left winger. Uh, I think he's only 21, but he's been brilliant. He was he was superb at Rotherham last week. He was good in this game, and he's getting he's getting rave reviews. <laughs> I noticed that Ollie McBurnie, who they rely on big time, by the way, that, without him, and the next highest score is two. So that's why I, I, I don't think Swansea will will be in the promotion shake up, even though I rate the manager. But yeah, um, McBurney said that that daniel james is absolutely rubbish in training he said no one it'd be like last pick he's just <laughs> always useless he's, he just kind of he looks like this little small podgy kid who shouldn't be able to run and then he gets into a game and he's ridiculous it happens doesn't it i mean i don't know i don't know well, what sam was be, like in training but well, that's it you say uh, it, say
0: it he's he was 21 on saturday by the way 10th okay. of, of, of november <laughs> did it frustrate you were you both good trainers? No,
1: Not always, no. I no. wasn't. And, and I hated... I actually do dislike the idea of managers saying that they're going to pick the team on training because they should always be on your last game. And sometimes I, I did turn up for, for work, for training, and I wasn't really up for it. I was just, I was just a bit laid I back like that. I
0: if just if that pissed off the rest of the... I feel naughty saying <laughs> that. It's because I don't swear. I wonder if it annoyed the rest of the, the team. No, nah.
2: I do agree with Adrian. If you're doing it on a Saturday, do what you want during the week to, to a degree. But I, I was a good trainer. The one that always springs to mind was Mark Hughes. I'm going a bit away from the Football League here. But at Chelsea, I could not believe it. It was genius. Just used to walk around and have shots from 50 yards. It was brilliant. And that, I mean, you can imagine what he'd achieved by the time he came to Chelsea. This was post-Manchester United after winning yeah. everything in the so game. So he was
1: a non-trier. He he
2: walked around and had volleys from from just shot from everywhere.
0: Did
1: they
2: go in? Oh yeah, of course. Oh <laughs> well, there you go. Of course, someone did a someone did a montage recently on the, his volleys and he even training ground one since he's been a manager. Mm. I mean the technique.
1: But but yeah, as as someone that look, I was all right in training, but but it was never I never t- took it maybe as seriously as I should have done <laughs> thinking thinking back. But but it did annoy me because some managers, often the younger managers, would get seduced by wonderful trainers these kids that come through that are just amazing you know they turn it on when it doesn't really matter, and then they get on the Saturday and they just—they're a different animal and they tighten up. So, so yeah, it's a—it's a funny thing. But, but obviously Potter's recognised that that Daniel James it might have taken him a few weeks actually. Maybe even he had to pick him because there was no one else. I don't know why he got himself into the side. But now that he's seen him on a match day, yeah, I don't think they will be be—he'll be judging him too much during the week.
0: Joe, you on a, a Thursday night? Are you giving it the elbow to those players that didn't train on the Monday?
1: I'm um, having a fag and a kebab
3: on the yeah. side of the pitch. So he-
0: that's my kind of training joke really (laughs) the way to my heart shall we roll into league one At the totally show for anything that you want to say about having a kebab by the side of the pitch. Uh, League One then, all about the first round of the FA Cup just gone. Also, you'd think it was an opportunity for a couple of teams to pull the trigger. For that, Reed Shrewsbury and AFC Wimbledon. We'll start with the Dons. Neil Ardley leaving the club by mutual consent. Third longest serving boss in England's top four divisions. He's gone. First team coach, Simon Bassi, who's been at the club longer than he cares to remember, although he will remind you. Uh, we caught up with him a little earlier. I kind of want to say congratulations to you, Mr Bassi, but it's a blooming difficult situation to be walking into, isn't
5: it? Yeah, obviously, you know, I've been in the situation with with Neil, so we've been part of the bad run and, and stuff. So, yeah, so uh, obviously we've with a heavy heart that you're kind of in the position we're in at the moment or I mean personally so yeah one that I'm looking forward to but obviously sad that it's come to to this really
0: What did Neil say to you? I I take it you had a word with him about it Yeah obviously um,
5: we spoke quite a bit over the weekend and obviously he was very low very disappointed with how things had gone and and felt it was the right time for, for him to to leave so Obviously disappointed, and I'm sure Neil will be back because he was a fantastic manager for this club, and he's a fantastic manager, and will do a good job again uh, pretty soon, I'm sure.
0: Neil, like you, ingrained in Wimbledon though. Both of you, such a such a length of time that you've been there and been involved in it. Having seen the results going as they were, was was that difficult for you to take too?
5: Yeah, obviously this. No one likes losing, especially me. I'm a, I'm a bad loser. At Scrabble. so uh, to lose uh, as many football games as we lost lately is uh, obviously really tough to take for for anyone someone with the affection of the club that I have is even more so so yeah it's difficult
0: so what now then and don't give me the flannel I'm just taking it one game at a time have you got ambitions to want to take this job on permanently
5: no no listen it's, I'm, I'm you know I'm just saying I'm a Wimbledon man so to speak have been at the club 17 years now and really i just here to serve the club in the best the best possible way I can and at the moment Eric um, and the board feel that's to take the interim role and that's what I'll do and I'll do that to the best of my ability but you know I, I know the club are pursuing a new manager and, and I wish him well with it.
0: Oh so you won't there's no way at all that you'd be that new manager?
5: I wouldn't think so Caroline um, I wouldn't have thought so. So my, I say my job's um, just to just to do it on an interim basis and, and see where that goes. So I'll do that to the best of my ability, and hopefully we can we can pick some results up in the meantime.
0: Well, that's going to be the key. You mentioned how long you've been at the club, having worked with Neil too. What do you say to the players that can make any difference then?
5: Well, it's a it's a difficult one because obviously we've, there's a lot been said um, over the last couple of months and. You know, I think probably time for the talking time to stop a little bit, you know. We have to really put these words into action. We need to embrace every game like it's our last and we need to really fight for this football club because that's what the, the basis of the club has been. It's been on on grit, on determination, on never giving up. And certainly now is not the time to start that.
0: Yeah, because the, the club can't go down can it with all that's going on off the field getting the new stadium off the ground it's imperative to stay in the league
5: yes and it's absolutely imperative we, we, uh, we understand that you know the, the strides the clubs trying to make off the pitch now in terms of the new stadium as you alluded to is, is huge um, our job is to get the football club to the new player lane in the best possible position we can we'll be doing all, all we can to make sure that's league one football
0: good luck and thank you for coming on
5: no worries thanks Caroline.
0: So Simon Batty saying that he'd, he'd spoken to Neil Ardley. I actually think that mutual consent, so often we hear it, Sam, bandied around and you think, yeah, right, whatever. But Neil, he said it in interviews, did he? he? knew he was going. Mm.
2: Yeah, and I think all of us from the outside and, and even Eric Samuelson, they wanted him to turn it around, but said it last week, he, he looked shot to pieces. Looks like he need, needs to come away. Seven straight losses in, in, in League One. It looked like it was the end. Despite them winning on Friday and um, yeah I mean he's gone away a little bit from what's got Wimbledon success in the past searching for a formula I noticed they matched up Luton a few weeks ago in the formation four-three-three. on Friday night at Haringey and looking for a talisman since Lyle Taylor's left they mm. hoped it would be a Pyre who was, I think on decent money and had high hopes for he came in last season to replace Tom Elliott who's now at Millwall Hanson this year done it in fit, fits and starts so I think Attacking-wise, not had enough goals, but defensively as well, conceding 26, 16 at home. It's just not been happening at all, and there's been a a large overhaul. I just think, on reflection, would he regret letting Barry Fuller, certainly for one, go in the summer, club captain, legend? I just think there's been a few things that have gone against him, maybe trying to implement a slightly different way of playing. Really sad for Neil Ardley, but I think the time is right.
0: Simon's saying that essentially he knows he's not going to get the job. He's just there because he's a Wimbledon man, wants to, to help them out in the interim. But also saying that he, what the team needs is just to go out there and play for the shirt. Do you see enough, at least until the new manager comes in, for them to, to get by? Is there enough in that squad? I don't know.
1: Time will tell. I think they're definitely going to be in a relegation battle no matter, no matter what the new guy does because they're... They're playing catch-up, aren't they? It's, uh, have they got the players? They did lose. I mean, when you lose someone like Lyle Taylor and, and don't really adequately replace them, that's, that's a big chunk, isn't mm. it, out of, out of your goal output. So, so that's been a problem. It depends who they choose. It depends how, how motivational the new guy is. Sometimes you just need a new voice. I've been in dressing rooms. I was there, I know this is going off topic again, I was there at Arsenal when George Graham was there. Brilliant manager over the years. But I could see that the, the older players had stopped listening. And th- and they they didn't respect what he was saying in the way that I'd seen them respect him two or three years previously. And all of a sudden, inside that dressing room, I, was, I wasn't was involved all the time, but when I was, there were rows. And there were rows that would never, ever have happened. They would have just taken it in the past. And that's what happens sometimes when a manager stays too long, when that voice becomes a bit stale. And I suspect, without knowing what's gone on in the inner sanctum, that that something similar might have happened there. They just need new voice, new ideas, and, and then we'll see where it takes them. I spoke to a supporter yesterday and he,
2: I don't want to take it out of context what he said, but he said there wasn't enough yellow cards from the team and not enough, um, I suppose, challenges going in, not enough physicality. Okay. So my question to him and what I'd be interested in, do they go from someone, for someone similar to Neil Lardley, someone with maybe a Wimbledon tie, mm. someone who's going to play exactly the same football or have the Wimbledon owners got it in them to try and play a bit more? Expansively, mm. uh,
0: they've got um, Mark Robinson, who's a promising coach that they've got at the club already. Coming through, as I said, it sounds like from speaking to Simon there that that he's not going for it. There's talk of John McGrill from Colchester, uh, Michael Flynn from Newport, and Dino Mamria from Stevenage. I don't know if you've got any odds on any of that, Joe. But taking those managers mm. from a league below, who've seemingly done done well. Oh, he-
1: my one question about all those three is: Why would they leave where they are at the moment? That's that's the issue. Um, you've got to may, be
0: confident in your own ability to keep that team. You've got up, to back
1: yourself. You. Yeah, Flynn might be looking at it and think I could get Newport up and Wimbledon might come down. Mm. <laughs> Mamria is very much a Stevenage man. I think he he loves it there. He's he's part of the sort of club folklore. So I don't see him jumping ship unless he was promised loads of money to spend. And I don't think we're going to see that. Uh, who's the other Blue name?
0: At Colchester again, uh, well, Colchester.
1: Yeah, he's doing brilliantly, <laughs> yeah. but, but similar size clubs, I suppose, suppose women have got more potential maybe for well, growth. that's it,
0: whether you say to, mm, to, to mm, a manager that mm. you come in for the long term, the new ground's yeah. being built, yeah. potential where this club can go. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, you like
1: I'm glad you mentioned the new ground business because I was there while well, I was doing a lot of work around South End at the time Phil Brown came a few years ago. and he just remember him talking about the new ground and how exciting it was to be part of it when they're going to go into the new stadium. Obviously, they're not, they're not in the new stadium. Right. He's, he's now had another job and been dismissed from that since. So so you can't always get bought by the whole stadium thing. But it, it, it is a carrot. And I think Wimbledon should, should try and use that to, to get someone decent. But I don't know if a McGreal would want to leave Colchester right now. He's got a really good bunch of players. Yeah, a good bunch of players. And I don't know, it just
2: seems to me that more scope at Colchester to build something, maybe. I know Wimbledon are having the new stadium. I'm jumping ahead here a little bit and I'm going to confuse everyone. But Paul Hurst, maybe, for, for Wimbledon? I don't know where he'd put himself now in terms of what kind of job he could get. But well, 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 this is really well, well. confusing. But I just think, instead of you know talking about him going back to Shrewsbury, that could be a club and a set of players that he could maybe galvanise at that level.
0: I've got my finger on my nose and I'm pointing towards Joe Crilly because <laughs> Shrewsbury then sacking John Askey. What odds Joe Crilly, on Askey going back to Macclesfield and Paul Hurst going back to Shrewsbury?
3: Okay. So Askey is five to two uh, to return to Macclesfield. Paul Hurst is even money to return to Shrewsbury. So he's the early favourite and If you put it in a double, it's around about 6-1 to for everything to return to normal. However, Sam has uh, kind of hit the nail on the head uh, and Paul Hurst is also favourite to be the next AFC Wimbledon boss. And looking through the market, I just wonder whether the the compilers have uh, factored in to the price the fact that Wimbledon perhaps don't have an awful lot of money to buy somebody out of their current contract because at the head of the market you've got Paul Hurst, Steve Cottrell, Mark Warburton, the same old names that kind of pop up.
0: If you're Paul Hurst, what what would you do? Do you go back to the comfort of what you know? If you're the club, would you want him back? Same with Macclesfield, you'd want Askey back, wouldn't
4: you?
1: I think Askey at five to two is a very good shout. I mean, because they've got the interim guys who have not been promised the job. You've got practically the same same group of players he took up. It worked before. Don't see Askey being top of a lot of other markets, particularly. Mm. So unless he wants to go back in the National League and, and, and take a take a job there and bring someone else up, I think ASCII at five to two might be something I'll lump on later <laughs> later on. It's, it's, it's quite so On Hurst, it, it, it's slightly different. It's quite a come down to, to go from it switch back to Shrewsbury, I think. And you've also got to factor in the, the players that they lost. It wasn't just Hurst that went. It was the goalie Henderson. He was brilliant. is superb at the back. The midfielder, John Nolan, was excellent. A couple of strikers, Carlton Norris among them. So, yeah, the the best players he had last year, are not at Shrewsbury anymore. So I would swerve it if I was him.
0: Are we just briefly all saying that they were the right decisions to make? Uh, I think
2: with Shrewsbury, I mean, it's a on the face of it, it looks like a patient club. Do you know what I mean? And the supporters are quite patient. And I know Brian Caldwell, the, the chief exec there. And obviously they were on a crest of a wave last year it turned toxic at the weekend against Salford Mm. I mean they can't score goals I think the top goal scorer has got three huge overhaul of players Really
0: interesting the way they talk about the interaction or not with the fans too and how that's
2: and uh, we can't you can't buy too much into this but I think with the press as well it's been a bit strained with, with Askey in the, in the last few weeks so no no surprise uh, at that one at all and I completely agree John Askey back to Macclesfield I think that's a shoo-in I mean do that you know it's the, the two interim uh, guys in, in charge at the moment got the best out of a squad last year the Shrewsbury one year Paul Hurst has gone off to it which a big move to go back in it's a new squad as well I think the lads would be all right because you'd laugh the first day and first couple of days. But once he's back on the training ground, but it's just whether he can galvanise another League One squad to, to try and emulate what they did last year. That'd be very difficult. That's why I think the Wimbledon one just seems to, it fits for me.
1: Joe Crilly, you're not on that computer trimming those odds, are you? as we speak I, I hope not anyway <laughs> well, I, in,
2: in,
3: in, interestingly enough I was um, I was fortunate enough to be at the, the Football Writers Association Northwest do uh, a couple of weekends ago and John Askey was picking up an award uh, on behalf of the work that he did with Macclesfield and he was on a table with Macclesfield directors and they were having a laugh and a joke and he spoke in glowing terms about the team um, at the time he was still Shrewsbury manager uh, however it seems that there was no ill feeling between them Uh, they were getting on very well and it would seem uh, from the way that they were acting that night that they would welcome him back if he he
1: wanted he's just that type of character I interviewed him on the radio just after they got promoted and I was expecting to speak to a guy that was full of the joys of spring just got promoted and you forgot I was in the room he was one of the <laughs> hardest yeah, I, have, yeah. <laughs> it I, did it I did forget that I did forget maybe it was because Sam Parker was in the room that he was just so not interested but <laughs> but the <laughs> I was hiding I was cringing honestly it was such hard work he had nothing it was it was it was a really he was he was dour and yeah. with a capital d and he must have more to his to his armoury than that, obviously inside the dressing room. But I guess if results aren't going well and you're down with the press, it's just the image. And, it, and I can see why it ended.
0: Yeah, really interesting piece. If you get the chance, to have a look in the Shropshire Star. Shropshire Star talking about that, about how it was a contrast to Paul Hurst in the media, but also training as well, which we spoke a little bit about, that, and whether that would inspire or not the players. So Wimbledon done, Shrewsbury done. Who goes where? Done. Let's get that done and onto the league. To. Hello, it's producer Abby here. Next section, as you heard, is all about League Two, or perhaps more specifically, the sacking of Phil Brown. However, it's not the only one to happen, as shortly after we finished recording and bid farewell to the team, Notts County announced this We have parted ways with Harry Kuehl, who leaves with immediate effect. Kuehl had been there for all of ten weeks, winning just three of the 14 matches he took charge of. Chairman Alan Hardy said in his statement, Results have not been good enough and performance levels are a continuing concern. We see no reason to continue with something that we don't think can work. So that's why you don't hear anything about Notts County in the next section. But stay with us for everything you need to know about Richie Wellens and co. Now where were we? At the Totally Football Show, mainly for your correspondence about Swindon town because phil brown's gone we're all ready to uh, draw up the odds on who would come in but that's already done too. richie wellens is in contract until may 2020 noel hunt is his assistant was at south end you both know both so who wants to talk about whether richie wellens to swindon is a good idea do you want me to put the pieces all together please do thank you caller
2: noel hunt has been at waterford and lee power the swindon chairman owns waterford as well so He's been looking to get into coaching, and this is going to be his first role. Richie Wellens, this is very tenuous. He's a friend of Paul Jewell's, and I believe the um, the owner has a relationship with Paul Jewell as well. Yeah, I'm sure it's a conversations that have taken place between all the parties. Underwhelmed yesterday when I when I heard the news, but having stewed on it for a few hours, I think it could be a good appointment. My reason for that is he's tried pretty much everything. <laughs> Uh, Lee Perry, the last few years. I think David Flitcroft was tried and tested, kind of had success at League Two. Obviously, left for pastures new. Phil Brown, similar to David Flitcroft. I haven't seen an identity when I've seen Swindon this year. It's been very difficult for me to put my finger on what's been going wrong. I don't think they've had a style, and I think there's been too many changes. He's missed his most creative player in Michael Doughty, by far and away the best player. Mark Richards stopped scoring defensively they've been all over the place it was the right time Mm. so Richie Wellens if given time to implement something I think it's their dream if they think they're going to get automatic promotion this year they could possibly sneak into the playoffs I like the way Richie Wellens speaks I think he's a very good pundit I've got good feedback about what he did as a manager I loved him as a player he was the orchestrator in the middle he was the leader I just like something about him if he's given a bit of time to go back maybe and have a bit more of a plan like Mark Cooper and Luke Williams had. And this was a very unique style that Swinon used to play. I'm not saying it has to be exactly like that, but just give him time to implement something that's going to get more bums on seats and get more smiles on faces because yeah. it's pretty desperate down there. So I'm saying give him 18 months, give him the 18 months. If there's improvement, it could prove to be a real inspired choice.
0: He says, Wellen says, for me, it's a great opportunity to manage a club that's well run, has a good infrastructure, a tradition over the last six or seven years of a playing style that I want to play. I want to get the ball down, play positive, quick, passing football, bring results and success to this football club, because at the moment it is underachieving.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, good luck to him in that. I'm excited about I haven't seen a lot of 90 minutes involving Swindon this season, so, so I can't really tell you about their style South End actually Phil Brown did implement a quite a quick tempo positive passing that's style the, that's the reason isn't it mm. everyone's been waiting for that mm. and because they mm. haven't seen it yeah it was really good, he got the players super fit at South End. they believed in him, mm. clearly, I think the, the Swindon players have maybe lost that belief in him. Potentially, and then when that happens, then because he's an older manager as well, there's a slight, slight detachment now. You, you know, I know he thinks he's he's still a youngster, <laughs> Phil Pratt, but he's I think he's 59, isn't he? Richie Wellem's a little is he in his 30s? He's, he?
0: he's, he's like that guy that wants to be known as uh 39 it, on Tinder, he's easy, he's easy to take the mick out of behind, the, behind
1: his back. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but Phil Pratt, look, me and Sam know for a fact that he would be getting ripped behind his back, yeah. inside the dressing room, when things aren't going well. It's just that kind of character. But because he's a thick-skinned guy, you know, I, personally, I like him. Um, but, yeah, it, it would have been water for a duck's back. But, but yeah, I, I don't know what's gone on. I wish him well. I, I just think with, with, with Wellens, his record wasn't that great at Oldham. That's all I'll say. I, I saw them towards the back end of last year, and they were bad. It, it was really He was panicking on the sidelines. On that quote you just read out, the next line of it is, for me, that style of play is the most exciting thing. Uh, I want to excite the fans. In my first job at Oldham, it was going fantastically well. But the pitch deteriorated really badly. And I had to change the way I played. And for me, that spoils it. That spoils that line. Because pitches deteriorate. You you can't use that as an excuse.
0: Yeah, but it did, it, I'm trying to I mean, remember. Come on. We did, I think, highlight the pitch a couple of times it was. Yeah,
1: but it can't just be about style. you got you got to find a, a functional way of, of winning games. But... but in the right way, if there if there is such a thing, and and that's down to him to to do that. You can't you can't use the pitch as an excuse.
2: It's probably a combination of the pitch and the desperation for points means that you have to change ultimately. I mean, I don't want to get you get too carried away about style of play and implement a style of play. People want, yes, they want to see attacking football when they see winning football. Mm. Don't they I mean, I think QPR going back to the Championship, it's a a good illustration of that right now. You Mm. know, they're very good defensively, very well organised. They've got a few bits of, you know, talented players in Freeman and and Eze, but uh, essentially they're very organised and they're getting the ball forward a little bit quicker, but nobody in West London's complaining.
0: No. But they were. There's the point. Mm. You've got to at least as fans see that something they're trying to do something otherwise mm. is that point at which it stagnates and, and you go pff.
1: and i think that that actually Swindon's players then they shouldn't be nowhere near the bottom two that's what i'm saying i'm not saying it's a freebie because they they're a bit nervous at the moment the trap door is sort of just just lurking beneath them isn't it mm. which is scary so but i think that they've got the squad the players to to not worry about that too much that they that they can maybe implement this style and still get enough points they don't need to suddenly become this sort of uh, win-at-all-cost side.
0: I am very much enjoying this conversation, but anyone that's using this podcast as a marker for their journey home will nearly be at their front door. So let's roll into the fixtures ahead then. No game for Portsmouth. They were due to play Charlton in League One. So they've got three international call-ups of, of Charlton. So that one's not on, which is is a chance then for things perhaps to move around. Sunderland could go top. They're at home to Wickham in League One this weekend. If Sunderland were to go top, at the table, you just look at them and think they've got all that momentum right now. Will they be hard to budge off it?
1: <laughs> yeah, pr- probably. I, but there are a number of teams. I, I don't think whoever go whoever's top now is even guaranteed playoffs. Really, it's there are some really good. I think League One's exceptionally strong this year. It's very hard to find. That many weak spots with Portsmouth, Sunderland, Peterborough, Barnsley, Luton, Charlton, Accrington. I'm outside of the, of the top six now. You've also got Coventry. You can make a case for Blackpool. i have gone down to ninth. Little game uh, in hand, though. I, yeah, I I, ju- I think it's going to be really hard to call until the and, until the back end of the season. But look, we've talked a lot about Sunderland. I think they they will win that game against Wickham and potentially go go top. And and that what a boost for the fans who have. They've had some dark times, haven't they, in recent years. So that, I just think that for what it brings them morale-wise, it, it could be a really special weekend.
0: Uh, a cluster in those that you just spoke about. Accrington and taking on Barnsley. So that's that's one of those yeah. towards the okay. top. Some other games in there. Luton, Plymouth, Oxford United, Gillingham. A reaction from Wimbledon. Their way to Doncaster. Shrewsbury against Rochdale. Again, what comes out of the, the Shrews post the sacking of Navaski. It's
2: going to be a fascinating weekend for, for all the, the managerial changes and yeah Richie Wellens is f- first game there at home to Carlisle in League 2 but I'm going to go to Doncaster Wimbledon so it'll be fascinating to see um, how they get on under Simon Bassey for, for, for the first time if he's still in, in situ but you never know with Wimbledon do you just when you, you've, you've written them off they, they'll roll their sleeves up and maybe get a result for the interim manager but um, difficult on the face of it because Doncaster have upset a few already this season uh,
1: uh, and what about um, I saw the name Kane obviously when he scored at the weekend uh, he got the Herbie. double didn't he uh, yeah Herbie Kane not enough Herbies in football no um, or in life generally yeah, in general yeah um, love, love the name Herbie he's got a worldie didn't he oh it was a brilliant goal he did it after that foul that you started the show with which yeah. was really naughty wasn't it from awful. from Challoner, So, um, yeah, so yeah, looking forward to hearing your report on uh, Herbie Kane. I will do you a proper scouting report.
0: Please do. And can you read it out in full? We have
1: diagrams
2: for set pieces.
0: Oh, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not even joking yeah. right now, oh, Sam yeah, no problem. Right, no problem. Do it.
1: He's on loan, isn't he? He's on loan. So, yeah, I want to know about
0: him. Good. I <laughs> uh, look forward to that on next week's show and also the picture of the aforementioned diagrams in League 2. Lincoln Yeovil is off and that's uh, through Darren Way's team called up for internationals for that one. So again, another chance with Lincoln not playing uh, down the bottom you've got Notts County Cheltenham uh, 22nd v 23rd Swindon Carlisle Richie Wellens in there that we discussed as well Berry, Stevenage Crew Tranmere Exeter Northampton Forest Green Rovers Morecambe yes we can all read out the fixture list uh, anyone want to talk about anything in League 2 Oh, Milton Keynes up against Macclesford so Milton Keynes could go top them
1: yeah well uh, Milton Keynes. yeah on the back of that FA Cup defeat that, that, that's a bad fixture for Macclesford really bad mm. um, and if I am jo- in John Askey's shoes I might be holding fire on on going to see my old buddies just, just to wait and see what happens at the weekend because that that's going to be a, a real tough. It. I think Exeter Northampton's an interesting one because Northampton are, are quite near the top of the form table mm. under Keith that they've, they've, they've improved massively and Exeter. It's I'm not saying the wheels have come off, but they're they're, can, they're shipping a few goals. So that could be a heck of a game if Northampton can go to St James's Park and win. Well, that would be a, a real statement of intent from, from Curl and, and the new Northampton.
0: There's also the battle of would-be, according to the bookies, uh, managers of AFC Wimbledon, Newport taking on Colchester for that one too. Joe Crilly, Sam Parkin, any you want to pick
2: your... I was just going to say Bury are uh, mm. interested in me at the moment and they thumped someone 5-0 in, in the cup. Plenty of goals and, and Danny Mayer, a player I spoke about last week, in tip-top shape again at the weekend so full of goals and 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 maybe well again a lot of plaudits maybe a good shout for promotion. Joe Criddy?
3: I like the look of uh, Crewe versus Tranmere in League 2. Tranmere flying at the moment so no doubt they'll uh, take quite a few fans just down the road to, to Cheshire to go and watch that game and I think uh, could be close to a, a
1: sellout.
0: Joe, can I, can I thank you for today? You, you've treated it with such professionalism, given that you walked into the studio having just cleared up some cat vomit from a, a leftover <laughs> bolognese. Um, you've handled it really well. Thank you very much. That's all right. Um, <laughs> I think, Sam, too, you equally, uh, despite discussions about cats in flats, um, which we had before <laughs> the show, and uh, you, too, have been... An honor to My be a My pleasure. Around. And you Adrian don't have a cat?
1: I do have a cat. Oh, you do have yeah, a cat. He Jack, does have a cat. Yeah, of course I have a sorry, cat. Sorry the
0: WhatsApp cat chat does include Adrian Clark. Go on. Yeah Jack the cat. Jack the cat. Yeah Jack you? the cat. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm a little bit, little bit disappointed. I, look, we'll we'll oh, gloss over it. We'll move sorry. on. Sorry.
0: It's because I've been washing fish. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Adrian to Sam to Joe to Abby. I'm off to the jungle. Apparently it's easier than football. Goodbye.
4: You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our brand new podcast for this season, the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats.